Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. Because we are going through the Ten Commandments. And um, we went through the first four on Saturday. And um, we now will go through the last six because there are ten. Um, and for those who are new, who are joining us for the first time, welcome. We're glad to have you. Um, we are uh, studying right now um, discipleship for the year. And so God has directed us uh, on this path of discipleship. It may be a little bit different from what you might have known discipleship to be before. It is not based on being a disciple of a ministry, but being a disciple of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, being a disciple of Jesus. And so for the first six months of the year, we took the time to, um, to be made into disciples, and we are now in the last six months of the year where we are now learning what it will be to make disciples. I've said this consistently, you cannot make what you have not been made into. And many people prematurely are trying to bring people into the fold of Christ and don't realize they brought them into the fold of someone's ministry. And they have brought them um, into uh, a knowledge or relationship with that ministry or the pastors, but they still have questions and don't have a, their own relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we have been walking to uh, deepen our commitment, not to this fellowship, but to God himself. Uh, we are, and I will continue to say this, we are the bride. We are coming together collectively um, to learn the word of God that we may go out into the world and be light like we are called to be. So on Saturday, we begin going through Exodus 20 and the first four commandments because the 10 commandments, even though they were, they are part of the Old Testament books, uh, they are still and should be um, held in regard and lived out. And so one of the things that um, God shared with us on Saturday, as I was sharing with you guys, the notes of things that God said to me was this, my commandments hold a weight many misunderstand and or do not understand. Moving past them as if they do not matter for today is like saying, I don't matter for your days. You cannot think that the 10 commandments still do not matter. Because I will say this again, Jesus said this, I did not come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it. And the, uh, the Ten Commandments are in the first five books of the Bible, which are called the Torah. They were um, uh, the first five books that those who were in the Old Testament actually uh, read and, and, and prayed and studied. These were the books of the law is what they are called. And so we cannot depart from the law of God. There's a reason why uh, God uh, commanded Moses to put these 10 commandments on tablets so much so that you will find in the book of Deuteronomy that after they cracked Jesus God told him to make them again because they were important uh I will say this as I said it on Saturday God says this the commandments and we're talking about the 10 commandments of God are the road map to the type of people he's seeking 
the Ten Commandments of God are the roadmap for the type of people he's seeking. This is, was not done out of a place of, um, I want to say this, God's commands are always steeped in his love for his children. Do not think that these commands are steeped in a, in a, in a place of anger or punishment towards you but they are steeped in love and direction and care from our father to us. So we are in Exodus verse, uh, verse uh, chapter 20. And Malcolm, can you read verses 12 through 17 for us? Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Amen. And so we, we started with the first four, and now here we are at number five. And I want to reiterate this, that every time you see the, the, these, these three words, you shall not. When you execute this out, it means, it means this, that it is, a, it is an absolute. And in uh, the Strong's, it says that it is very absolute, which means there is no wiggle room, which means you can't try to redefine it or figure how to go around it, that God means what he says when he says these things. Okay, so verse 12 is the fit starts with the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother. And I want to say this, this is the first commandment that comes and only commandment that comes with a promise attached to it. So that you may live long in the land your God is giving you. So honor. Honor here means reverence and obedience. But there is in this honor a heavy weight attached to it. Because here's what we have to understand is that honor, I want you to understand this, that honor comes because of the role of the father and the mother, right? The title is to be honored. Some of us have not always had the greatest parents, but as women and men of God, we are still called to give them honor, reverence that there is a weight that is carried to this because we are the parents. They, we, they are the parents of us, your father and your mother, that we are to um, obey them. Now, I wanna say this, God will never tell any of us to obey someone that asks us to do something that is contrary to the word of God. And I'm talking about when we become adults, right? Now, you can still honor and not agree with someone. And many times what has happened is because we have not respected the way we think our parents should have done something, we have lost the reverence that is owed to them because here is the truth, they gave you life. And without God allowing them to bring you to this world, you would not be. And so we're, we are honoring the role. Does not mean 
that they are perfect. There are a lot of parents that did not have the capacity, were not as loving, may not have been everything you wanted them to be. But at the end of the day, if we are, we know we are to respect a stranger on the street, we have to honor and revere those that gave us life. I am not saying that you will always agree because even when you disagree, you can still revere, give someone um, reverence and still hold them, you know, and, and esteem them in a certain position, okay? And I'm going on the word. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what the word says. So honor your mother and your father so that, because there's a purpose attached to this. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying this is our purpose. I'm saying there is a purpose attached to this honoring so that you may live long, that your time, that the time, that the year, that your days upon the earth will be long. They will be extended. The word here is prolonged. They will be extended because the ex existing one allows it to be so. That's what it means when it says, because God gives you, gives it. He's allowing it. He is assigned each of us an amount of time. But there's something to the fact that he puts the days of our life with the honoring of our parents. Think about that. He doesn't say, you shall not murder because you will have your life prolonged. He doesn't say that. Because here's the thing. You, where you honor, you will continue to know how to give honor later. And many of us have had trouble honoring people, obeying authority, honoring authority in our lives, because we have not always given the reverence and honor to the authority that was established in our lives in the form of our parents. Many people wrestle with authority figures, and a lot of times it is in direct connection to their relationship with the first authorities in their life. It's a true thing. And so God is saying, I need you to reverence here so that you know how to honor and reverence other places. And here's the thing, you cannot demand honor if you don't give honor. Amen? So verse 13 says this, you shall not murder. It's an absolute, guys, an absolute. That means you will not kill, you will not slay. And here it is, it's premeditated. Premeditated. That is what the Bible says when you exegete this word murder, that it is premeditated killing. But it also means this, that you will not crush, break, or bruise. See, some of you don't realize that you don't ever have to use a weapon to kill someone. You have been killing people with your mouth. That you have crushed, bruised, and broken people with your words. You have crushed, bruised, and broken people with your attitude. You have, bro you have uh, broken, bruised, and crushed people with your thoughts. Many of us have cursed people in our minds. Many people, many times, many of us, let me be nice, many of us have literally said they're dead to me. Many of us have just cut people off. And we think when we read this text that it is only the physical murder. But so often 
We have bruised, crushed, and broken people with our words, with our deeds, with our actions. And God says, you shall not murder. So yes, physically, but also do not break, do not crush, do not bruise. There is a difference in having to correct someone without breaking them, bruising them, or crushing them. And I know there's been a lot of us that have been broken, bruised, and crushed by people's words, by the way people have spoken to us, by the way people have treated us, how the way people have responded to us. And we have felt like they have literally just killed our very spirits. And as children of God, we cannot repeat that, that same behavior. Numbers eight, you shall not commit adultery. It's another absolute, guys. And it means this, one who breaks wedlock. But the New Testament takes a little bit further and says that you can commit adultery in your thoughts. It's, 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 this, it's this lusting that, that literally the fantasies that people have, that you, that you can create an entire affair in your mind and it is, it is adultery. See, we got to stop, you know, trying to, trying to play with the word of God and play with God as if, well, I didn't physically cheat. <laughs> yeah, but you've been dreaming it. You've been thinking about it. You've been, you've been ruminating, letting it ruminate over and over in your mind that it is living on the inside of you. You just didn't act it out outside of you, but it's happening on the inside of you. That's adultery as well when one who breaks wedlock number nine you shall not steal again an absolute steal means this not only to carry something away but to deceive and to secretly bring something in that doesn't belong to you that when your deception is a part of stealing and what are you stealing? The truth. Because guess what makes us free? The truth. And we cannot people who are, be people who are deceptive, who are, who are taking what belongs to somebody else. So stealing is not just going into the store. Yes, Holy Spirit. So for instance, I have shoplifted before. I was in high school. No, I was at high school. Was I in high school? I don't even remember. But my friend, yep, see, okay. My friends and I went to, in, in Northern California, I don't know if they have ever had it in Los Angeles, a store called Emporium Capwells. I don't know if they had that store. But we went into the store. We saw these clothes. We were trying them on. And I was just trying them on. And I found these pants I liked and this shirt and da, 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 da. And my friend was in the next stall and she said, put them in your bag. And I was like, put what in my bag? She's like, put what you like in your bag. And I was like, uh. She's like, just put it in the bag, put it in the bag. So I put it in the bag. And then we started walking out and we walked out. And when we got outside at one, I couldn't believe we got outside. But I was like, did we just steal the clothes? We just took from the store. We just, not only did I take material, I just took money from them. Right, because you don't think about that when you're young. You're just like, because I was just the, the, the uh, what's the word? The adrenaline 
I was just like, oh my God, we got away with it. And we're driving off and I got some clothes. I never did that again. But the adrenaline, right? There's a high when you've, when you've done something secretly and you don't get caught. There's a lot of us who have some secret sins that we are being deceptive about that are stealing us away from our commitment to the Lord, stealing us away from our message, stealing us away from um, um, having a real witness that we're hiding and pretending don't exist, that we're being carried away by. <laughs> and we put on this front, but we're stealing. We're stealing from God. We're stealing from other people and we're really stealing from ourselves. Let's continue. Number nine says this, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Another absolute, you shall not give. It means this, answer, respond, or testify. So you shall not answer or respond or testify with a lie or with disappointment. This word false means a lie and disappointment. That's deep, that's deep. You shall not answer, respond, or testify with a lie or dis disappointment, right? Because it's false testimony, which is evidence against your neighbor, your friend, another person, or a fellow citizen. Do you know how many times that we, come on, let's be honest, that we gave a false testimony against somebody? Let, 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 let's go back to high school again. Here's one thing that we know. Whoever your people are, well, let's talk about family. Even if they're wrong, you don't tell nobody, you don't tell other people they wrong in front, right? When the family's together and someone comes against the family, even when they're wrong, most of us won't, we're like, uh-uh, you can't say they were wrong in front of other people, but we can go back and then later I'll tell you you're wrong, right? We will, we, now we might not lie, but we won't say the truth, right? So like, if you're, you're with your friends and some, if your friend did something, you're not going to give your friend up. And you might know they did something wrong, but we're supposed to stick together. Well, here's the problem. Christians are so much in disunity that we are bearing false witness consistently against one another because we forget that we're fellow citizens, that we are brothers and sisters of the same God, that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we are heirs of God and led by the Holy Spirit. And so there is false evidence that we have been giving out of jealousy, out of comparison. There's been false evidence because I don't like her, I don't like him. And we've been playing like the world in the kingdom. We have been disappointing and we have been lying. And let me tell you that that's is steeped in a place of pride. It's steeped in a place of pride. And you have to realize that your neighbor is your brother, your sister, not just those in the kingdom. The Bible says this, that one of the greatest commandments is to, is, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength. And then the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. 
many of us can't love our neighbor as ourselves because we don't love ourselves. And many of us have given a lot of false testimony about us. So why would you think we wouldn't give false testimony about our neighbor? And then finally, verse 17, number 10. You shall not covet. Let's just stop there. Very absolute again, covet. Let's talk about what coveting is. It is to desire, to take pleasure in, and it says this, to desire greatly. So it's not just some like, oh, like, you know, like, oh, I wish I had this. Oh, no. The desire becomes so strong and so great that you have to have it. So it makes me think of David and who? Bathsheba. He's at his house. He sees her. And the desire becomes so strong that he has to have her, that he sends her husband, not just to war, but to the front line to get killed so that he could have what he wanted, not realizing there was gonna be great consequence for that action. But we're talking about that kind of coveting, that a desire that will make you go outside of who you are and even what you know to be true and even the God that you serve. So you shall not covet your neighbor's house, his dwelling. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, his woman, or his male or female servants, those who work for him. Back then that word would have been his slaves. Okay, his ox, which represents his food, or his donkey. Anything that belongs to your neighbor, that means all of it, the whole of it. Anything. So let me tell you where we get tripped up and where coveting starts to, to really begin to stir is that we live in a world of comparison. That we do not realize that we each have our own field of favor and that we don't need to look at another man's field to find out if our grass is growing. And so often we do not see the jewels in our own field. We do not see the beauty in our own backyard. And we're looking around because society has told us that we have to be the best and above and duh, and duh, and duh, and we're chasing all these things, chasing all these systems, chasing all these plans that have nothing to do with the plan of God. And we end up failing because we have allowed our feelings to lead us versus our faith in God. What God has given you, not only giving you, but given you to do is for you. And when will we be content? When will we rejoice in the fact that God chooses you? And here's the other thing. We don't even know what it takes for them to keep that grass the way they keep that grass. We don't know the toils they had to go through. Sometimes we see, oh, their backyard is so huge. But do you know the expenses that they have that you don't have? Do you know the lies they had to tell that you don't have to tell? Do you know the people they had to step on for you not to step on? 
Some people didn't do the righteous thing to get what they got, but we want what they had. And so coveting takes us out of position of a rejoicing and appreciating that God actually does know what we have need of. That God is sovereign, which means he is in control of everything. That God not only will give you enough, he is capable of giving more than enough. That what you have today is what you can handle today. Hear me again, that what you have today is what you can handle today, that he's growing you to handle more. But these commandments, like I said, are steeped in love. Don't look like look at them as this hard task, these hard, this like a taskmaster trying to whip us into shape. These are the people that God is looking for, people that honor, people that don't murder physically, mentally, verbally, people who are, do not commit adultery in the mind or in the heart. I'm telling you that we have the divorce rates that we have, not because someone just one day woke up and was like, oh, I'm gonna go out there. But we start to fantasize in our minds because we're com still comparing relationships, comparing um, um, how this is going to, how that looks like over there. Every marriage is uniquely crafted and every marriage will have its own uh, ups and downs. But when that marriage is centered around God, God will always, if we always keep him first, will always work to bring, help us bring it back together. But here's the thing, I don't want someone else's marriage because that marriage isn't gonna work for me because we're two different people. There were things in the beginning of my marriage that I thought, oh, we're supposed to do these because everybody does these. So let me say this. Most Christians that get married, we have all heard this, oh, you're supposed to pray together every day. Oh, yeah. And then some of you singles, like, you aspire. I was there. Like, oh, when you're married, we're supposed to pray together every day. And I used to be on past hours. You're supposed to pray with me every day. We're supposed to pray every day, right? Because that's what other people were doing. And then when Pastor Alice wouldn't pray with me every day, I started to think, well, maybe he don't want to pray with me. But guess what I was missing? That every day Pastor Alex prays for me. So would I rather have him just pray with me or do I want a man who every day goes to God and prays for me? But my wanting him to pray with me was coveting what other people had and was also me not allowing him to be who he who God called him to be for me was me trying to steal something that God had already called him to do for our marriage i was trying to carry him away from praying for me to get what i wanted for him to pray with me and the truth of the matter is we do pray together but our marriage isn't supposed to look like other people's marriages we're two different people. And so our marriage though, is gonna bless other people because it isn't like everybody else's. If God wanted us all to have the same marriage, the sa right, to be the exact same person, he would not have created us uniquely as he has. Don't give false testimony, guys, because the world needs not their truth, they need the truth. Hear me, there is no your truth, their truth, it is only the truth, and his name is Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. 
So if you are using that phrase, take that out of your vernacular because that is not true. And most people's truth is them wanting you to validate their dysfunction or their sin. So you hold within you the truth. Amen. And then finally, what you have is golden. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You don't need to covet another man's property, another man's relationship. And when I say man, I mean man or woman. Another man's business, his servants, his food on his table, anything that he has. I'm telling you, what you have now is what you can handle. But God will give more. God will always give more when we're ready. Are there any questions, comments, or concerns? Thank you for joining us on another episode of the KHOW Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at KHOWWorshipLA. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.